Hello and welcome to Cart. I'm joined with some comrades of mine, Jonathan Amato, Dante Baker D. Baker. Dante, how's it going? Uh, it's going great. I got that boom boom pow. I'm chickens jocking my style. Oh, yeah. okay. And John, how about how's it you? Going? Doing great. Pretty Just good. got the maple bottom jeans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, doing great. Fur. doing great. Yeah, doing well. This whole podcast episode's gonna be just pop, yeah, songs, references. All right. Hello, and welcome to Cart, a podcast about coffee and related topics. I'm your host, Joseph Jenkins, owner and lead educator of Sustained Coffee Company. I am joined today with two friends of the show, Dante Baker and Jonathan Amato. What's going on, you guys? Hey, thanks for having me. It's going great. Yeah, it's going great. It's currently um, 2124 or 924, depending on a Thursday evening, we are drinking coffee this late because it's just what we do around here. So, what what have we been drinking tonight, you guys? We've been drinking a Peru. I'm not even gonna act like I know how to say these words, Jonathan. Do you, do you, uh, you can try. No. no? Okay. <laughs> um, Huabu on Salamo Bovera. Does that sound? Yeah, that sounds. Yeah. Okay, I'm studying okay. Japanese now. Anyway, it's a wash brew from a new feature roaster that we are featuring and just going to be carrying from probably here on out. It's a micro roaster by the name of Ravenous Roasters. Right here in Memphis, it's a micro roaster. Um, Noah Randolph, which you've probably heard on the show um, through some voice messages and such. Um, So Dante, can you share with us the numbers that you used and how you brewed it and such for us tonight? I can. I brewed it. Um, What is that called? It's an origami dripper. Uh, I brewed it on an origami dripper, you know, in a V6, V60 filter. Mm-hmm. Uh, about 23 grams, uh, 116 meth. Uh, I don't remember the water temperature, but I know it ended around like three minutes. Three minutes, yeah. I had the kettle set to 94 Celsius. So. Okay, so. Yeah. Delicious. Do you, do you guys have any kind of specific thoughts about this coffee? We were all joking about it. The first cup we had. Oh, not being an Ethiopian? Yeah. <laughs> Ethiopians are everywhere. It's they hard. are. It's summertime. It's the Ethiopia is the, the coffee. Yeah. Summer. It, it was a great coffee for not wanting so much acidity in your face. Yeah. Like an Ethiopian. It was a very nice, mellow cup. And I think the brew temperature might have. I didn't know it was a 94. I, I, yeah. The 94, I think, really like made it not so. Yeah, it's actually higher of a temperature that I've been doing. I've been doing like 90 or even 89 Celsius, which is like 185.90 Fahrenheit. I, I just use it in Celsius and just kind of don't do the conversions ever. But yeah, I get the cat meow in the background. So, you know, it's a classic cart Easter egg moment. But today's topic, we've kind of going back and forth about talk about and I think one that we landed on was this why do we go to coffee shops it's a question that we could really observe from a lot of angles especially in the age of COVID and kind of what I would now consider like kind of late to post-COVID where you know vaccinations are becoming more and more prevalent in communities and people are starting to go maskless again and community is just kind of re-engaging with one another in a way that they have not been able to previously. 
And I think that's a great thing, especially for people like myself who really like to go to coffee shops and enjoy the full experience of the coffee shop. So we can jump in really for any point of this, of this topic. But I think a good starting point would be maybe, let's say, you know, it's your off day, you wake up, and you decide you're going to go to a coffee shop. Why? Generally when I go to coffee shops, <laughs> it's a lot of times for the aesthetic of like, a, you know, seeing people, people there. Like uh, going in on a, on a Saturday, usually like a busy day to see what kind of people go and what they're doing. Just to see the overall aesthetic of what's going on. Because generally I, I enjoy coffee anyway. So right. going for coffee is like a plus towards yeah. just being towards the good environment, if that makes sense. No, that's a good starting answer. But you, Jonathan? Yeah, I definitely would say that I also go for the environment, but I also enjoy meeting people at the coffee shops. That's actually, I like meeting people and then just getting to know them on a deeper level, I guess. Yeah. Um, which is kind of how I met you. Um, it is. Went to your uh, Coffee 101 class. And, yeah. And now I'm here. <laughs> so right. uh, that's kind of like, what, what I really like about that, I met this other barista one day, and we went out to eat, we went to Chipotle, and it was, like, it was, it was a blast, you know? I, I love making those connections, if, if only just to like meet the person behind yeah. the person that's making my coffee, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I love that. I could also kind of echo that sentiment in the sense that I tend to go to the coffee at this point in my own coffee journey, go to the shop for the interaction, especially with the person behind the bar. I would say, um, in past episodes, we've talked a lot about personal expression through manual brewing and through just coffee in general. And I think there is a very large part of one's attitude that comes across in everything from how they greet you to the actual, you know, engaging of the, the product, which is the coffee that they're serving you. And um, it's just a great opportunity to even get to know somebody without really even saying much to, I think. And that's why last episode I talked about the human error in coffee and how I think it's pretty vital to the entire experience of coffee. Because when I go into a coffee shop, I it, it's easy for one to have their expectations set quite high and expect to be wowed, but they forget to maybe factor in the part that it's a human experience and that's kind of what makes it so unique. And I think it's specifically in coffee is what makes coffee so unique is that it is such a human thing and it has so many hands that are involved in it. And the barista just so happens to be one of those last few people in that chain of things. Um, so yeah, I definitely could agree with that, Jonathan. So in the age of post-COVID coffee shops though, what is one thing or maybe perhaps many things that you have that you have realized because you know most coffee shops up until recently especially here in Memphis have been either closed or very limited service and things are kind of getting back to normal mm -hmm. a lot of shops are now serving ceramics again yeah wahoo for that that's great um, what's one thing you would say um, or many things again that you have realized that you took for granted that you actually really value Definitely drinking out of a ceramic cup. There's just something about coffee in a ceramic cup that just tastes like way better. <laughs> uh, just, just, you know, you just 
you know? It's just so, so good to hold, like, something in your hand. Um, and also, I, I really did miss seeing, like, people, you know? And, and yeah. especially being on, like, you know, the barista side of things. And, um, you know, just seeing people, like, coming out now and, you know, trying coffee and, and having those interactions again that, you know, we just mentioned, like, that's been really, like, fulfilling to me, for sure, after, like, you know, being so limited to, you know, like, people's, like, you know, how many people can fit in the building yeah. and, you know, having all these restrictions. It's, it's just really great to have those interactions back. Yeah. I miss it. How about you, Dante? Uh, well, I've really enjoyed being, like, a regular in, like, certain coffee shops, like, yeah. tours, like, y'all know, uh, you know, I visit city and state a lot because uh, just on my commute to work. And uh, it's interesting to, like, have that connection with people and actually, like, be there and drink what they make. Like, actually have them see me drink what they make for me. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yes, yeah, so I, I definitely took that for granted because, you know, you don't think about it as much because you're just trying to get your coffee and, you know, go on. But it's like I've been thinking about the barista and how it makes them feel. So I'm actually, you know, enjoying what they make. Right in front of. I'm yeah. sure you've experienced that. No, yeah, absolutely. And I, I would like to add on that I also like visiting coffee shops that I've never been to before, and for like the last year that I, I wasn't really able to do that. And so, like, just you know, I think last week or two weeks ago, I went out to did like a solo coffee crawl around town and tried all these spots that I've never got the chance to go to. And now that you know, COVID restrictions are kind of being lifted. A little bit, uh, I was like, I gotta, gotta go. <laughs> I gotta do that. I've missed out on it for so long. Now I get to try all these uh, delicious coffee from, you know, all these like cool people that I've met around town. So it's uh, yeah. Yeah. Those are, those are some great thoughts. I think for me, there's been a lot of things from both the, the guest, you know, customer side as well as the barista side. From equally the barista and guest, I would say ceramics have been huge. Yeah, I, yeah. From just, you know, a, an environmental standpoint, the amount of paper that we probably used in the past year and a half oh, yeah. has been absurd. Oh, yeah. Um, I would gladly do dishes all day than have to serve a, you know, 40-gram shot of espresso in an 8-ounce cup. Yeah. It's like... There's also something really satisfying about doing a really solid latte art pour and right. in a ceramic cup than, than in a, like a paper cup that no one's going to see. And that's huge from the barista standpoint. I think that's also huge. Um, I'm going to have another guest on the show, hopefully soon, um, talk about the value of latte art. And I don't think that latte art is everything, but I do know that from the barista standpoint, it can be incredibly fulfilling. It can be a point of service, as well as from the guest perspective, it's just exciting. You know, oh, yeah. uh, I think a lot of baristas may take it for granted because you know they have the ability, they've been doing it for a long time, that to the person who maybe doesn't visit a coffee shop all the time, maybe they don't have the means to you know, go and get their you know, latte or what have you, that when they have that experience, it's incredible to them. Oh, and yeah. It makes the experience all the better. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, I remember the first time someone poured me a swan, and I was like, I didn't even know you can do that. <laughs> and, yeah. and, you know, in a latte form, like, that's amazing. It's who came up with that? Who came yeah. up with that? <laughs> and that's, that's that personal expression, I would say, that's really, that really comes to you from the barista's perspective. Mm -hmm. you know, 
I was thinking about this. Like, what, what do you, how do you come up with that? It's like, one day you're just like, nah, I can do more than a heart. I'm going to do a swan. Like, a swan. swan. Full-fledged yeah. swan. It's going to swim right on out of the car. Y'all are like real <laughs> artists out here. I was I would never have thought of that. It's a, it's a, <laughs> yeah, it's like art. Like, literally consuming art. <laughs> you're saying art. It's That's like the, swimming straight into your mouth. It's a beautiful scene. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we could have this moment together. Yeah. <laughs> no, but back to the topic. Like, I think ceramics definitely huge for me. From a guest perspective as well, the idea of sitting in a shop too, I think, has been something that yeah. you know, for the shop that I have my day job at, it has felt for the past year that I work at a pop up or that I work at, say, a farmer's market or something, mm -hmm. because everyone was just grab and go, and then we integrated online ordering, and it just lost a huge personal touch. Sure, there were a lot of regular customers who made it feel special and kind of um, gave this sense of warmth and interaction, but largely... You're welcome. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> largely, it was you grab and go, people in and out, or maybe, you know, at this time, just a year ago, people were not even allowed in the shop, and it was just a very cold feeling mm -hmm. overall, and I think there's definitely an energy and a warmth to a bunch of people being in a and just the, even just the noise that that kind of creates has been very welcoming to me as a barista, but also as like a guest being able to go to a shop and not just get a takeaway cup and carry on my day, but actually sit, enjoy it, maybe discuss the coffee further with the barista behind the bar if they're interested in doing so. Uh, those are just kind of my things with what I've missed and such. But I would like to delve into this a little bit more. I, we got kind of the COVID thoughts and then we to start off the topic, we asked you guys about just some general um, impressions and why you might visit a shop. But let's kind of maybe flip the coin a touch and ask ourselves what prevents us from going to a shop? And that could be preventing us from going to a shop in the first place or preventing us from maybe returning to a shop. Or do you guys have any maybe experiences with that that, that stick out in your minds? The first thing that comes to mind would be service. If I go to a coffee shop, whether they're like specialty or, or you know, not, um, it all just depends on the person that's serving me. Or, you know, if I don't feel very welcomed, then I, I'm more likely to not go there again. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, um, like I just went to a coffee shop and they had great coffee, but the barista wasn't very friendly. Um, and that might have just been a one-off thing. I'm trying not to be too hard, you know, on people. Yeah. But it, it just kind of was like, oh, you know, you know, maybe I'll just skip that one next time, or or I may, maybe I'll try it again. Um, and of course, the other thing, like like the the coffee, you know, like sure. I definitely lean towards more like specialty coffee if they manually brew their coffee or yeah. or you know can do like latte arts and stuff like that. Well, now that that. Yeah, actually, no, I'll be honest. <laughs> you know, if they, if they can do, like, cool espresso and, and have it taste really good, um, I, I, I would go to, you know, I'd lean more towards those kind of coffee shops than, yeah. than you know, not. Okay, yeah, but you don't say Yeah, I do think uh, having good service is important. Or that's a, being that's, like, the reason I go is for the aesthetic anyway. Sure. And I feel like that should be, like, a expected Mm. per se 
So, like, I add, you know, the coffee to be good. Like, if service is bad and the coffee is bad, it's like, bro, what, 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 what are you doing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Why, why are you at a coffee shop? Yeah. So kind of what I'm hearing there is like the two most vital things in any coffee shop for both of you guys would be service and then the obvious coffee tastes good. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, that's kind of the, the human error side of things that I would say is that I would place the service way on top of the coffee because even if the coffee is subpar but the service is incredible yeah. and the person behind the bar is really engaged with me or anyone else in the shop, that makes all the difference. It can kind of make you forget about Maybe if that coffee that you're drinking is really not that great. Yeah. But if they're there and they're happy you're there, it yeah. means a lot. It goes a long no, way. Yeah. Absolutely. I worked at this coffee shop that, um, you know, they're, I would say they're specialty coffee, but they're not like, you know, I wouldn't say that they're like the best in the city, but they've got some solid coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, but before I worked there, I was a customer, and the people behind the bar were the most loveliest people. I've, I've ever met shout out cool beans <laughs> um, they they are amazing just really loving people like they brought me like a covid care package when I got covid wow. and they didn't have to you know yeah. like like they were they were just people who worked at a coffee shop but but they they've now become like my friends you know and and I would like totally 100% like tell people to go to Cool Beans because the coffee is good and the people are just just amazing. Amazing people. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's great. I, I could concur with really everything you guys are saying um, in terms of why I would not visit a shop. I would say that for me not to visit a shop, some other maybe kind of more distant, specific niche things to myself would be if I see that a shop perhaps is not really doing their part in terms of environmental impacts or waste or cleanliness, I would say that also is kind of a big thing. Um, I, It's just my personality type, but I kind of have like a critical eye when I'm like looking at a bar and I'm like, if it's slow, the bar should be clean in my mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and also just the timeliness of things too, I think is very important. I'm never in a rush when I order a coffee. Like, if they want to take 15 minutes to make my coffee, great. But um, it should, I think there should be some merit. It should be merited time, right? It shouldn't be just in a dwindling way or not paying attention, which I suppose is related to service. Yeah. Um, and really, I think cleanliness, too, is related to service. But it's very important. And then this, the, you know, environmental things, like if there, is there espresso waste being thrown in a compost or being thrown in a trash, like just little things like that that are probably more nitpicky and specific to, to me personally. But it's reflective of my own values. And I think that everyone who goes in a cafe comes in with their set of values that they hope to see fulfilled in the business that they're, they're monetizing. Yeah, for sure. Um, another thing that, that keeps me from not going to a coffee shop would be like seating but also mm. like parking because <laughs> sometimes like if, if it's too difficult to get to your shop like i'm just i'm just gonna skip by it like honestly yeah. you know <laughs> it's just inconvenient to try to like find parking <laughs> to go to your place right but, but also seating like i love a good patio like i sure. i love a good patio which not so much in the summer here in, in you know the south but <laughs> yeah but but when the weather's nice like man you're, you know, oh yeah dude. yeah yeah you'll find me at a patio 
Where's Where's Jonathan Amato? Twenty twenty one. The patio. The patio. No, no, the coffee shop, and it's going to be called the patio. And it doesn't have any indoor seating. It's just a patio. Trademark. My idea that Jonathan can have it. Yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, seating is very important, I would say, for why I want to do it. But that has to do with like, the experience, and I think having good seating is an opportunity for there to be extended good service, you know? Yeah. Because if it's like poor seating or a little no seating, that's fine. There are like shops that do that and do that well, and that's their niche, but they kind of have to be focused in other areas in order to maintain that excellent service. But if you have like a, you say a shop that even brings your drinks to you, that's like a whole another opportunity. That, that is a plus, yeah. Um, that you can really engage with someone um, in a different way. And you think of like restaurants, right? And where, where restaurants have like say their owner or their head chef or someone who is walking around the restaurant during service and maybe, you know, dialoguing with their guests who are in their space and enjoying their product. That can also be a huge opportunity to provide someone service or to just engage someone on a more like, hey, I'm, I'm standing here or I'm sitting here at your table with you. I'm no longer just, you know, walled behind a bar mm-hmm. or behind a kitchen or behind a door in the back, but I'm actually standing like side by side with you. And I think that's very vital in terms of the community element oh, yeah. of a coffee yeah. shop. That's also like setting the responsibility as a good barista too. Yeah. When like, I remember when I used to work at a Starbucks, like I just loved connecting with people as I was making drinks. Yeah. And they're just waiting there, you know, just waiting for their, you know, double caramel macchiato or whatever, <laughs> extra caramel around the cup and the bottom top. But anyway, um, I I really loved getting to, to meet people, get, getting to talk to them as they were waiting and, and, you know, got to meet a lot of really, really neat folks out there. And, and funny enough, a lot of them, now I work at a coffee shop downtown that's like, you know, way out of the way from where I used to work at that Starbucks. But people, like, I've lost count of how many times people have been like, hey, you're the guy that served me coffee at Starbucks. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> that was me. And they're like, dude, I, I just remember you. And you're just, you were always such a cool guy. I wondered what happened to you. And I was like, oh, thanks. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is what I have. <laughs> Moving on up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a great, yeah, I love that. But do you guys have any more thoughts that you'd like to add to this conversation in terms of why you go to a coffee shop, why you don't go to a coffee shop, things you've missed about coffee uh, shops since being COVID. I should have a question for you guys. So does okay. it like, does a, uh, I don't want to ask this. Does uh, if the person behind the bar doesn't know about the coffee, how, how do you feel about that? I see it from like two perspectives. It's like one, the person who's like new at being a barista, okay. who, who doesn't necessarily know all of the makings of being a barista, so they might not know about like the actual coffee they're serving. Sure. Or you have someone who just does, you just, just works there. Right. Yeah. Could you could you give us an example? Say like, the customer walks in, they order something. Give us an example like that. Uh, say the, let's say the customer walks in, uh, they just want, you're just a standard pour, for, just to try out. Okay. Out. out. And uh, they see two options, like an Ethiopian and a Colombian, and they want to know which one, which one's good. And the person is just like, kind of like, I don't know, I don't, I don't know. It's like I just, yeah. I haven't really, mm-hmm. don't really think about it. Uh, it, it definitely makes a difference when the barista behind the bar can tell you about the nuances between the different you know, types of coffee that they have available. 
Um, it's definitely a plus, but I personally don't, um, like it doesn't bother me if the person does, because sometimes, you know, they're either like a new barista or they're just learning the, you know, maybe just starting out on their coffee journey and don't know all the, you know, different, like, you know, things that make coffee what it is. Um, I recently went to a coffee shop, um, and the barista was like, he, you know, he was making me a pro over and you know, he, he knew like very basic entry level like coffee stuff and I just really appreciated like that he was just putting everything that he had into that coffee and it didn't matter to me if that coffee came out like good or bad. I just really liked the passion behind it. Sure. So I guess if you can like, I guess that's the thing for me, like if, if there's passion behind the person, you know, um, then like it doesn't matter to me. Like I, I can feel your passion and that you love what you do and then that makes me feel good about what I'm drinking, but if you're just kind of like, mm-hmm. not, you know, don't care at all about like, you know, I guess that goes back to the service thing. Yeah. You know, if you, if you just don't really care or don't. Yeah, that's actually funny that you brought up Starbucks. I think more people have like the opposite interaction that you give people at Starbucks. Yeah, well, even, even when I worked at Starbucks, there was this one guy who would come in and he would always want to buy a bag of coffee and I was the only one at that Starbucks that knew like all the different things about those coffees. And one day he just came in. He was he couldn't decide between either of them. And I was like, you know what? Let me just make you a. I, I was making French presses over there, and I was like, let me make you a French press of this coffee, so you can try it. And then I'll make you a French press of that one. And then you just decide which one you like better. And and he was like, wow. Every like Starbucks I ever went to, like no one's ever like taken the time to like let me taste the coffee. And then I, I, I led him through a coffee tasting, we smelled it, you know, we aerated it in our mouths, sipped it and everything, and he just, he had a preference for like Latin American coffees, and so that's what he went for. But but just having, you know, I guess I guess having the knowledge behind it does help, absolutely. Um, and it engages people too, so it, yeah. So it does, it does make a difference, it does, it does. Um, but is it, is it, is it like a deal breaker is what you're saying? Yeah. For me, it's like, it, for me, it's like, like you were saying, it matters like how hospitable the person is yeah. about like how they're, how they're like, cause like in that same situation, if I don't know how either of those coffees taste, I might not know how to, you know, might not French press both the coffees, but if you like engage, uh, start like a conversation, it's like, well, most of the time, like most of the time that bird, the Latin coffees are better than the other coffee. Then it's like, okay, you're, at least attempting to help me, but it's like, if, uh, if if you don't know anything and you show that you don't know anything, that might be that that I I'm not coming back. <laughs> it's like, Although, okay, it's like yeah. oh okay. <laughs> Although I will say that sometimes, like as a barista, when people come up to me and they're like, "What's the best thing on the menu?" I like kind of don't always have a good uh, answer because it's like it's that's very yeah, yeah. It, that, that's such a yeah subjective answer. Yeah, it depends. You know, do you like you know, hot drinks, cold drinks, you know? And that's generally what I do. I kind of like narrow it down based on their like flavor preferences. Sure. Um, but I never give like, oh, this is, you know, because <laughs> I mean, it might be the best for me, but um, you might hate it. Like if yeah. someone offered me, if someone told me the best thing on the menu was a matcha drink, I wouldn't get it because I don't like matcha, you know, sure. but that's just me, you know, like, you know, that's nothing to bash on matcha or anything, but, but I just don't like matcha. Matcha for listening. Yeah, it's closed <laughs> yeah, No, I'm the, I'm the same way. No, I'll open them up. Yeah, yeah you know, so it's just, yeah. So I, I never give, like, and maybe I should, I should, you know, like, 
fake it till you make it kind of thing. But yeah. it's like, I don't know. I, I, I don't like it when people tell me things and then are like dishonest about it, you know? Like, if I want to know what's good, like, tell me what you think is good. Even if, I don't, I don't know. No, that makes sense. Yeah. I think that with objectivity or subjectivity and preference and stuff, with, with what Dante is saying about this whole example, I would answer it with, on one hand, I would be in, I would be appreciative if the barista did not know something and told me that, you know, like, hey, I, you know, I don't know. I honestly don't know. I would rather if someone do that than maybe make up something or be disingenuous. Um, because that's pretty transparent. Usually oh, yeah. someone like is obviously like fabricating something. Um, I think there's more, you know, integrity in just saying, I don't know, versus saying trying to make something up. Um, but also I do think what you're saying with the examples that you gave about working at Starbucks and how that it is an opportunity to really engage with somebody on another level, especially if like the cafe at the time is maybe slower and you had that time to really say like, okay, well, you know, you're choosing between these few coffees, how about I just make you like a little bit of both and you kind of go from there. Um, that's a great conversation starter, that's a great point of service. But I don't, I don't know, to answer Dante's question, I don't necessarily know that it's a deal breaker. I think it's a plus if they know, mm. but it's definitely negative if they don't know and act like they do know. Oh yeah, so, yeah, Because yeah. uh, then that's just like the, truthfulness of that cafe kind of gets thrown out the window. It's like, well, if this priest is like this, what else? What is the rest of the, the brand, the company you're representing? And, so, yeah. It's yeah. a big, like, me. Yeah. <laughs> it's a big opportunity to maybe have some mistrust for a given cafe. Yeah, yeah. But. Yeah, yeah. I, okay, I would like to add on that it might be a deal breaker for me if they don't even know like the region or like the type of coffee they're serving. Mm-hmm. If it's just like one of those coffee shops you go and you sit down and you study and maybe like order something off the menu, but like there's nothing else in like the way of like what that coffee actually is, then I probably won't go back, you know, because um, another thing that kind of matters to me is like how they represent the people that are providing those beans to them, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's really important to me, which is why I don't go to some coffee shop instruments. Oh, that makes sense. I can totally agree with but I think that kind of concludes our time for this episode. Um, I thank you guys so much for joining me on this week's episode. And thank you, listener, for listening to episode 27 of CART. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at 901 Sustain Coffee, as well as subscribing to our YouTube channel. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, Sustain Coffee Company, on YouTube. We're putting out um, lots of stuff on there, working on more things that are coming up. So be sure to stay tuned in that. Also, be sure that you're keeping your eyes out for the next coffee class. Uh, we do have one coming up likely in late June. So we've got a few weeks till that happens, but we'll be announcing it on all social platforms as well as the show. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Jonathan and Nathan, for being here with me today. Yeah, thank you, Greg. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Until next time.